0: Yo, Saf here, as you all know, <laughs> welcome back to Talk and Play Blurred cast <laughs> I'm starting with the shit already. <laughs> welcome back to the Talk and Play Blurred cast Thank you all for being here. If y'all read the title, you already know. I told y'all in a past um, episode of the Blurred cast that TV had become overwhelming for me. <laughs> I'm watching a lot of shit. It's Halloween season, so I'm checking out, you know, a bunch of Halloween stuff. Um, Like, just really, you know, enjoying television. And then I got behind on some stuff as well prior to Halloween. All in all, saying all that to say, I told y'all I was going to do a what if season review instead of going episode by episode after I got like two episodes in. Um, so yeah, that's what this is. You know, like I said, if you read the title, you know what's going on. So we could just skip all the bullshit formalities out the way. I'm Sav. Um, this is the talk and play, Blurcast. I'm gonna play my intro music, and then we're gonna dive into the What If Season One review because it actually turned out to be really good, and I want to talk about it. So after the uh, intro music, let's get it. so i would be remiss in my um diligence to you all to give a well-rounded and informative um review (laughs) if i did not at least mention the first two episodes because if you have been rocking with me since like the beginning of this uh podcast which you know hasn't been long shout out to everybody that's been you know rocking with me, I really really appreciate that. It's, um, it's a great motivator seeing you know every time I put an episode out, I get some numbers on that. shit, People hit me on their respective uh, devices telling me things that they enjoy. It's really dope. But, um, I started <laughs> and I started this, shit, uh, I don't know how many episodes ago that was, but episode one was pretty much like what you know pulled me into the whole series as a whole i was not originally like super interested in this because i didn't really understand what the fuck they was trying to do like okay what if i understood that it was going to be like a animated version of the comic book series that was like you know not so recent (laughs) like I don't know, I didn't really follow that comic book series, so I didn't even really know what was going on with it. So, I'm walking into a Marvel um, production without really having complete context or understanding of what was going on. But, you know, I trust Marvel. They always come with some fire material. They never disappoint. Well, I'm going to say never, but in recent years, disappointment has been on the low side. So, I was like, I'm going to give this shit a chance. We kicked it off episode one. Um, it's like, what if uh, Captain Carter were the first Avenger? Which, f- after watching that, I was sold because I'm like, okay, this shit is fire. For those of you who didn't listen to the review, um, I went like super in detail <laughs> I went into the episode. Super details. that did I say that right? I went super detailed in depth. That's what I was trying to say. I went super in depth into the actual like story or whatever but upon further um like debate or i don't know when i was planning out the rest of my shit i was like i don't need to do this because if they listening to it they already you know kind of understand what the fuck happened in the episode i just need to give my opinion on it so opinion right fire <laughs> that was like what hooked me in um it was dope because i personally had already knew about um captain carter i think at one point in like the marvel universe it was calling her like captain britain or some shit like that i don't i'm not 100 sure on that but i had knew about captain carter or whatever mainly because her um outfit and shield was like dope to me when i first like ran across it and I was like oh yeah she, she a chick that's, that's, that's what's up not a chick she's a woman that's what's up um but yeah basically situation happened where instead of Steve Rogers who is you know the Captain America we all know um the white man <laughs> he something happened with the whole shit and it ended up being her that received the super soldier serum and you know she went and fought in the war um after you know dealing with discrimination and a bunch of bullshit from her superiors just you know because she's a woman and uh she turned out to be like really dope she was she was holding her own at the end of her episode because bucky was there and some other folks was there and then this monster thing came out with all these tentacles and shit. Steve Rogers was still there. He actually ended up um, donning the Mark One suit, which I don't know if it was technically the Mark I because Tony built the Mark I. But then at the same time, like I know that in Marvel lore or whatever, there was some thing where... Tony might have gotten the idea for building the Mark One, which eventually became the Iron Man suit, from his father. Um, so he, you know, his father built uh Steve a suit and they was running around tag team and shit. It was dope. Dope episode. <laughs> I did my review on it. You can run back and listen to it if you want to listen to it. Um, but her episode ended with her getting stuck in this alternate like, reality or dimension or some kind of vortex with some octopus tentacles was coming out, eating up everything, and she was fighting that shit, and it pulled her in there, too. Her story ended, but it was dope. I mainly like this one because they did a good job at, you know, the similarities between Captain um, Carter and... Captain America like the storylines almost ran congruently just like with Captain Carter being the actual super soldier and Steve being the sidekick except for like in Steve Rogers story you know Bucky's the main sidekick I hate saying sidekick but that's what he's the main partner Uh, I'll go with that he's his main partner and we have Captain Carter or Agent Carter sitting back at a desk and whatever you know capacity she is in for the military, and that she ends up becoming like a spy and like a secret agent and all kind of shit like that. It was dope. Steve, on the other hand, and Captain Carter's story did not do that. He ended up, like I said, donning the Mark One suit and going out there on these missions with her, only to be captured because there's only so much you could do in a suit that is like experimental. And of course, there was issues, not necessarily on Stark's part, because he designed this shit pretty much perfect. But you know, he got captured, and I don't know, it was a war going on. But that shit was fired. It kicked off everything. I was like, oh, this is dope. Like, I think if they continue this route and they take like side characters and put them in the main role, this would be dope because that's originally. What I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be. Like for the rest of the series. What if it's going to be oh, we're taking side characters. We were saying what if they actually became the main guy. And then you're going to see. How that shit turned out. Didn't end up being like that. <laughs> and we kind of found that out. Quite quickly. Um, in episode 2 of what if. And this is where. T'Challa. Becomes Star Lord. Instead of. Peter Quill becoming Star-Lord. And this one was more like... This one was the one that, like, kind of... Episode 2, I'm saying, is the one that kind of, like, made me be like, oh, this shit maybe have a little bit more depth than I originally, you know, was pegging it to be. Because, like I said, I just thought it was going to be side characters taking on main character role. But T'Challa becoming Star-Lord is literally like the story of T'Challa that we know. You know, he's the uh, Prince of Wakanda, eventually ends up becoming Black Panther and King of Wakanda and Avenger and all this other shit. Taking T'Challa completely out of his story and swapping him out with Peter Quill. Not even really swapping him out. They just left Peter Quill where he was at on Earth. And these fools, (laughs) the Ravagers, they took the wrong kid. Like, I was like, okay, they showed the little side, <laughs> the little picture shit that they had to go off of and it's, you know, white Peter Quill with his, you know, brown hair, whatever fuck, orange, whatever fuck color hair he got and I'm like, how do y'all get confused with this black kid, buzz cut, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like, my dog got a fade right now, this this kid got locked brown hair, what, what the fuck going on, but they said and i get it because they're not even from earth they was like Nigga, you said grab somebody that look like a little person this motherfucker look like a little person so we got his ass <laughs> and um he ended up living out peter's um life as star lord becoming the most like infamous um what's the word? thief in the galaxy but not in a oh I'm doing this just for the good of myself he was more like a Robin Hood kind of character like he was taking from the poor or stealing from the rich and giving to the poor or taking from people who have a lot and giving it to people who don't might also find out a way to support himself and the rest of the Guardians bunch of different um, scenarios in that as well just by way of you know, Chala being the star lord. Like he's the black star lord for one. And then on top of that, like all of the characters, because of the way that they kind of shifted the story, some of the trauma and the things that, that drove the actual characters in the original Guardians of the Galaxy storyline was not there. They was operating on a completely different what's the word? It was operating on a completely different means to And end when it came to what they were actually fighting for. And I thought that was dope because the Guardians of the Galaxy, for me, I said this in the review. You could check that out as well. I did review this episode also. I said like I wasn't really like familiar with the whole Guardians of the Galaxy story. Like I've seen the movie. I think they're on the second movie now, if I'm not mistaken. I've watched the movies, I understand enough about you know, the characters with Gamora and Drax and Groot and Um the Raccoon. I can't remember his name. Rocket. His name is Rocket. Um and Nebula and how they connect to Thanos and all that shit. I'm missing somebody. Am I? Possibly. But it's okay. Y'all know who the fuck I'm talking about. I don't know. It was just and the Ravagers and all this shit. Like I understood like the differences and I understood like how this version of the story ended up shaping out the way it did. They actually ended up returning to Chala to Wakanda. It was welcome with open arms. Apparently the Wakandans had done enough that even in the farthest reaches of the galaxy, they found a way to get in contact with T'Challa. Actually, I believe what really happened, because I'm remembering this right now. I mean, that's what happened when I say it just happened. But what ended up being the moment of, oh man, like realization, that's what I said, the moment of realization was when the collector. Well, when T'Challa found the Wakandan ship in the Collector's, like, possession of things. And that was, like, fire. Because I'm like, oh, shit. You know, they found a way to get back to Earth and he could go back. (laughs) I thought he was just going to continue to be a Star-Lord after they beat the Collector. But they sent him back to home. And Peter Quill ended up having an encounter with his actual father and that shape the way the universe played out from there which if you know the guardians of the galaxy story that was never supposed to happen because imminent destruction (laughs) you know how marvel worked the whole universe is gonna blow up (laughs) but that particular episode was dope like i said the review is back there in the catalog of the talk and play cast. you can you know figure that out if you want to go watch it the most interesting thing About it for me was the like the Easter eggs that were there. Because, like, when the collector started turning up and they was fighting him or whatever, you could see it like, oh, he had Captain America's shield back there. Um, He had like the crown or the headpiece. I don't know if it's a crown, so I'm gonna call it a headpiece. The headpiece from um, the goddess of death over on Asgard. Hella is her name. Is it? Yes. They had Hella's headpiece and her like weapons and shit. Like he had collected a healthy amount of like he had Thor's hammer and shit. Like he collected a healthy amount of things throughout the galaxy that just kind of also lended to the changes that made that were made in the what if story because in the Guardians of the Galaxy, like Thor ends up becoming a part of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and you know, Hela is defeated by him and Loki. Like, I don't know. It was just dope to see the Easter eggs in there, that, and that's what this series has been most like fun to witness—the different Easter eggs and all kind of shit that they have in there. And then on top of that, like, I really enjoyed the differences in the characters. You know, given that their circumstances were not the same as the actual story that we know. Like, you know, Drax didn't lose his family, so he was a much more happier person, and um Nebula didn't have all that shit happen with Thanos, because Thanos was actually a, a good guy. So, you know, her body wasn't half cyborg, and she wasn't <laughs> missing an eye and all kind of shit like. I like the way that they flipped the story and gave the characters a not so traumatic um, storyline, but still find a way to make it be like, oh, okay, so they are still fighting for something. It's not just about protecting the universe or the galaxy from Thanos and shit. It's, it, they are on a quest to actually improve the world because that's what they was doing. They was running up in the collective shit, <laughs> trying to still. Some seeds that when you plant them, it it will grow enough on a planet to like feed the entire planet for like years and years and years. Like they was trying to get some shit that could actually help out, and the collective was just being a dick about it. But episode two was dope. <clears throat> what I noticed after this uh, episode, because Captain Carter's episode ended, she got like transported wherever those tentacles was at. And then on episode two, with T'Challa being Star Lord, like we got to see the seed of moment where his father, uh, well, where Peter Quill's father met him or whatever, but we didn't see what happened with the story after that. The Watcher kind of made it seem like, oh, the, the universe imploded after that because the thing that wasn't supposed to happen ended up happening, and you know, it was turmoil. But we'll find out later on in the series that that was not the case. Because they actually continue to live in these stories to make it all tie together and make sense. It's dope. I like what they did. So we'll move on into episode three, right? Episode three uh, was what? Earth lost its mightiest heroes. This is basically a what if scenario um, to where they basically are asking what if the Avengers never became the Avengers? Like what the fuck would have happened and all this other shit? Well, we got to see... Um, <laughs> they never made it to be in Avengers I think Natasha Romanoff who is Black Widow she ended up being like the last survivor along with um Nick Fury and they ended up I don't know it was a big plot going on y'all seen the shit Yellow Jacket was running around micro-sized doing all kind of shit to get the Avengers killed and that shit was actually working they kind of spun this episode to be like a murder mystery kind of thriller type of thing. Like, they was really trying to figure out, like, what the fuck is going on? I was even confused until they started running the footage back. And it was like, oh, shit, look at Yellow Jacket, little ass bouncing around, <laughs> causing all kind of you know mayhem within these particular scenes that were so important. Like, these are the scenes that actually made the Avengers come together or made Nick Fury recruit these heroes as Avengers and you had Yellow Jacket running around sabotaging it to where these Avengers actually get killed before Nick Fury even get a chance to speak to them. So I was like, oh this is dope because not only are they altering the stories and telling the stories in a different way, you know, through these what if scenarios, but they're also like staging them with them very very popular um i guess american like cinematography and plot lines if i'm I'm saying that right like captain carter was the side character or the love interest becoming the main character and then in episode two with t'challa it was a complete flip where they took Chala completely out of his universe stuck up in the Guardians of the Galaxy and Peter Quill's universe and then made him a Robin Hood figure like we all know these you know this we've all seen shows with this kind of um, plot lines before where it's like oh love interest becomes the main character or there's a Robin Hood character and then you know you get episode 3 where it's like mysteries and sabotage happening I don't know it was dope we transition over to episode four. This was probably um, the most annoying episode <laughs> to me because we here with Dr. Strange, right? And then this is also like another trope. That's the word I want to use. Another like American plot line trope or whatever. I can't even really say American because most countries are, you know, most, these are just popular tropes within film, in general, like in film and TV in general, so in Doctor Strange's which like I said, probably the most annoying episode, I listen. I understand humans have this um, capacity and propensity for love that would drive them to do some really insane things but the shit Doctor Strange was doing in this one, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands, I was like alright bro. like at some point we have to understand you're learning magic and you're doing all kind of shit. There are people doing magic things to let you know that the shit that you are doing is forbidden, not, you know, based on earth laws or any bullshit like that. Universal, not universal, universe, I guess universal law. Yeah. <laughs> the universe is telling you, no, this is not possible. Like this lady has to die. And you have to become Dr. Strange. He didn't give a fuck. Instead of um, just accepting the fact that, you know, his love interest, you know, was taken from him and just finding somebody else to fall in love with because plenty of fish in the fucking sea. He just had to have this one girl back, kept rerunning the same scenarios over and over. And that's probably the most annoying part about me, about it for me him ignoring all of the issues that was coming along with what he was doing and then watching this lady die over and over again because you just don't want to let her go like how many times you gonna put yourself through that kind of trauma but like i said humans man we have this this thing with love where it'll cause us to do some weirdo shit like this And just end up fucking ourselves royally just trying to chase behind somebody that's not supposed to be in our life. And we see this kind of trope in films too. How many times have we seen this in um, cinematography where the storyline is about somebody trying to defy the laws of time and space for love? Like, it's a normal thing. Honestly, if you think about it, how many movies and TV shows have been centered around this very, very, very common plot line. As annoying as it was, (laughs) I was able to sit through it and uh, I actually enjoyed it once it got towards the end and he started becoming the Sorcerer Supreme that we all know him to be anyway by like enveloping and and instilling the power in the the. Manifestations and the essence of all of these, like supremely strong beings from across the universe, just to again save this lady. What was dope about it to me was he actually ended up destroying his universe <laughs> and he had to live in this little pocket bubble of just him trying to keep their universe from imploding on him. Like, that's his life now. I'm stuck in this bubble. My magic is the only thing that's keeping this universe from completely closing up and swallowing me whole. And I'm stuck here. It's my own prison that I created chasing my high love that obviously I was not meant to have. What was also dope about it is this episode in particular was the first time the watcher was being addressed by who the person he was watching. Right. Because. That's an overarching um character in this whole series to watch him. Black dude, big ass head. <laughs> he just floating, you know seamlessly in between all these episodes and these different scenes just watching what's happening as we watching it. I thought that was dope. I didn't know where they were gonna go with it until the next episode, which is um episode 5 for the fucking zombies now again another popular um, trope plot line within the fucking cinematic world of TV and you know series and shit zombies oh zombie apocalypse da, da, da. how are they gonna survive that is what episode 5 was about what if zombies <laughs> The apocalypse happened, blah, blah, blah. Now, the way they explain it in here, because you know every zombie apocalypse story has an origin for wherever the fuck the virus came from, blah blah. blah the first breakout, all this bullshit, right? Pim in the quantum realm realm <laughs> brings back Hope's mom. She has this zombie virus that ends up spreading and taking all over there entire world now for me i was like okay that's not necessarily necessarily like unfathomable but i was just like okay so he shrunk down to microscopic levels of time and space to enter the quantum realm and the person that he was going to get she's there but she has this like virus and disease that turns her and whoever she comes into contact with into zombies I don't know, a little lazy, <laughs> but I stomach my way through it, because I ain't, I ain't really for like the zombie shit, like I sat through it enough, um, Walking Dead, <laughs> and all of these other like zombie, like apocalypse stories that have come about, they do one at least every other Halloween, there's a new one out, you know, whether it's in theaters or a TV show, whatever the fuck, <laughs> and, and so I'm like, ah i've seen enough like decayed bodies and gore and shit well then once i sat down and this actually was the episode that made me like take a break from it because I, I ain't really trying to fuck with no zombies bro like uh but i'm in uh festivities mode i'm being festive it's halloween time so i was like this is actually perfect so let me just go ahead and watch it because I'm watching all this other, like, scary and, you know, thriller shit and this monster shit. So, I decided to watch it. Turned out to be really dope. It turned out to actually be a pivotal point within the plot line, the overall plot line for the What If series. And I was like, oh, this is dope. One of the funniest episodes, honestly, because the floating head. Is that? Was that Doctor Strange? Matter of fact, hold on. Let me Google that real quick because... I need to get this man. <laughs> His just do that floating head, the talking head shit. That that he was funny, <laughs> like that shit had me rolling. Hold on. Okay, yes. See, shout out to Google. See, side note: if you want to learn, if you're interested in knowledge, just Google some shit because they will, you know, most likely get you right. It was Scott Lang who is Ant Man. <laughs> His head was floating, right? Well, Doctor Strange's cape. Had his head floating, either way, it was funny. The man was comical. They made a, a Wind Guardian Leviosa joke. Well, he did, and you know, I'm a Harry Potter fan, also. Shout out to all the Slytherins out there. That is my official house based on the official sorting hat quiz on the Pottermore website. I think they changed the name of it, but. You put in Pottermore on Google or starting Hat Pottermore or whatever. That should have come up. Slytherin game, stand up. <laughs> but they made a Wingardium Leviosa joke, which you know is a famous spell from the Harry Potter franchise. Um, it was just dope. And I didn't necessarily get, you know, to. Grossed out by the whole zombie shit. Like, I mean, I shouldn't have in the first place. It's cartoons. Like, it was all. It's just all this shit is animated. So why the fuck I was tripping about it? Who knows? But I don't know. I you know, the sometimes the zombie shit and the, you know, decaying bodies and blood squirting everywhere. And I gotta cut this person's head off so he dies. I stab him in the. It get a little bit too much for me, especially when I be trying to eat. I like to eat while I watch TV. So any. Too much blood and gore. I'm like, I'm gonna watch something else. Maybe something funny (laughs) until I finish my food. Then we'll come back. But it was dope. Probably um, the funniest episode of the series, if you asking me. Um, There was a plot twist towards the end, right? Because you know, Vision being that he is a android. ...made from vibranium... ...if I'm not mistaken... Like ...I believe Vision's body is vibranium... ...um... ...he was not affected by... ...whatever this... ...you know... ...viruses or diseases... ...that was turning everybody into zombies... ...we lost a bunch of people along the way... ...um... ...but you know... ...Akoye... ...the the black lady... (laughs) ...she didn't... ...falter... ...so I was fucking with that... ...um... ...but... ...overall funny ass episode like i was saying about this part and the end right because is it me or did what was going on with vision and wanda kind of give us wanda vision vibes like for me i was looking at this shit right and i'm like oh, okay so now this is vision in his uh quest to save wanda and that was pretty much the not underlying but one of the main plot points of WandaVision, the tv show was just like wanda she brought vision back to life and she was trying to keep this nigga alive as long as possible so she could grieve and deal with all the mental trauma that she was dealing with you know after losing him and her brother and all this other shit that was being piled up on her emotionally but if you've seen WandaVision, you know what i'm talking about If not, watch it. Definitely one of the best. I want to say... Yeah. The best... The best... um, Disney Plus Marvel series so far. Loki was cool. I did a review on that. It was kind of mid to me. The ending was a little weird. Um, That's probably why I said it was mid to me. Because I didn't necessarily understand the ending as much as I would have liked to. But... Again, that particular series, Loki is getting a season two. So that's why they left it like that. So cool. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was fire. Sam Wilson's Captain America. Shout out to Anthony Mackie is getting his own movie. I'm excited for that. It's going to be Captain America 4. We're going to see the vibrating wings flying once again, blah, blah, blah. But (laughs) yeah, so I'm looking at the shit. I'm like, okay, they flipped it. This is another, like, kind of Easter eggy kind of moment or whatever, because we saw what happened in WandaVision, the Disney Plus series or whatever. Now we're in reverse. Something that's happened to Wanda. She's a zombie, but because her powers are so fucking immense, she's able to retain some sense of normalcy within her psyche or whatever that allows her to be this hybrid zombie that can like think and you know do things you know as long as she's fed you know she'll stay in one place and just chill <laughs> but um yeah so I thought that was dope they they kind of flipped the scenarios and I was not expecting a see vision at all in this series and then here he comes being the Wanda Of this particular series and protecting his vision, which is Wanda. I know I'm saying a bunch, but it was dope. Y'all seen what happened. That also kind of kicked off this, uh, weird, not weird, but it uh, kicked off another part of the story that I don't think people was expecting. Because if I'm remembering correctly, didn't there was a zombie, um, there was a zombie... What's his name? Thanos. And he had all of the Infinity Stones. <laughs> except for the one that was in Vision's head. The Mind Stone. But Vision ended up killing this nigga. And taking up shits for himself. If I'm not mistaken. Or what's that? I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Let us go on to the next one. Uh, episode 6 was Killmonger what if killmonger rescued tony right this was my favorite episode one because i fuck with killmonger he probably my favorite villain especially after michael b's portrayal of him and that's also something that i really enjoyed about this series i'll talk more about it when i get to the end but they let all of the actors who did these shit these same characters live on tv they came back and they voiced these characters you Know for this series for this animated series, that means we got to hear new dialogue from Chadwick Bozeman RIP. Like, that shit was dope. So, this was my favorite episode. Mm. We got to see more of the genius behind Killmonger. I still don't really classify him as a villain, he's a very self serving individual, and I guess, um, the way American. Mm, <laughs> I guess the way of American morals try to portray us or whatever, like self-serving is more on the villainous side, but I don't really see it like that. But I get why he's a villain, because he was doing some very, very self-serving shit that got a lot of people fucked up, right? <laughs> so instead of, you know, Tony being captured, like if you remember Iron Man 1, the first Iron Man movie that like kicked off the whole MCU Tony got captured, he had to build the Mark One suit and escape, you know, that tunnel he was in or that cave he was in, and that ultimately inspired him to become Iron Man and try to fly across the world, destroying all the weapons he built that was in the wrong people's hands. Cool, right? Because Killmarker saved him though in the what if series, that never happened. He never became Iron Man, but instead he made uh Kill Killmonger like a very, very high ranking member on the Stark, you know, board of trustees and all this other shit. He had all this access to Tony's like weapons and equipment and he ended up building this robot that eventually towards the end, Killmonger used to <laughs> take over Wakanda, like the story was brilliant because, again, this is another one of those um, tropes within, you know, cinematography and, and movie or storytelling or whatever where, you know, there's a, a mole <laughs> in the midst of, you know, some very, very high ranking people and he's puppeting them to his own will. Like he's controlling shit from behind the scenes so that he Get, get the things done that he wants to get done. That, honestly, is probably why it was my favorite episode <laughs> because I like seeing Killmonger be this fucking black genius, um, very, very highly skilled, trained, you know, warrior, assassin, military, whatever the fuck you want to call him, and like playing Tony Stark, smartest dude, one of the smartest dudes in the MCU, he was like playing them, and it ended up working out he had some funny uh one-liners in there <laughs> like when he was exposing uh Tony Stark's right-hand guy or whatever it was like nigga I bought receipts everything I'm saying is true matter of fact I just uploaded them shits to the internet go ahead and google that <laughs> everything's there for your viewing pleasure like it was smart I like intelligent people like Killmonger who You know, he's a little dastardly, but I get it because I'm black and I understand what it feels like to not have a sense of home, not necessarily like, oh, you know, this is where I was raised and where I grew up. And, you know, this is the house, you know, of, you know, families and all this other shit, but just like home like where are my where's my people from where my where's my lineage from and that's killmonger's whole like thing he just wants to go back (laughs) to wakanda and take the rightful place within the community that he feels like he deserves and also use the wakandan resources to liberate all of the other black people across the world that have had to deal with colonizers colonizing the fucking planet and forcing us to be the labor behind all of that shit so I completely understand his mission in this particular episode he actually got to achieve it uh, it was tough seeing <laughs> Killmonger uh, kill Black Panther and War Machine cause it was like damn bruh not only did you take out your cousin who was you know Black Panther T'Challa we, you know Chadwick <laughs> not only did you take him out but then you're going to take out Don Cheadle and fucking War Machine as well like he didn't even really get to be War Machine because you saved Tony and kept him from building the fucking Iron Man suits so you're just killing black people <laughs> all in the name of liberating black people it's a little tough but like I said I understand Killmonger is like a object- objective and his main like goal He had a fire, fire line that I really feel like if I'm going (laughs) to continue to get more tattoos, this needs to be one of them because that shit was fire. Him and Tony was having a little back and forth after Tony had revealed, like, yes, I know it was you that killed um, Rhodes. Because what's his name? What's Don Cheetah's character's name? James Rhodes <laughs> but you know everybody just call him Rody or War Machine so yeah I know you killed James and I know you killed Black Panther and shit like that I know it was you and they was arguing about it and he ended it right before you know killing Tony did he kill Tony I can't remember but right before him and Tony had their like final altercation he was like the difference between you and me is that you can't see the difference between you and me And I was like, oh, shit. That was fire because, you know, that's a racial thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, the difference between black man Eric Killmonger and white man Tony Stark is that white man Tony Stark cannot see the differences that him and Eric Killmonger have. Just be, because he's clouded by his own, this is my way, this is the world that I live in, you know, kind of shit. Like, he in his own bubble. So, of course, you don't understand or see what black people are going through, specifically Eric Killmonger and what he had to do just to get to the positions that she was born in. So, I don't know, I just thought that was dope. It was very, 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 very indicative of today's in the world that we actually live in like black people and white people they have such a hard time relating because white people don't understand or they just refuse to understand and acknowledge you know what our people have been through meanwhile we not only see and understand that but we understand them better than they do themselves at times it's it's a it's a conundrum (laughs) that we live in but Like I said, dope episodes, one of my favorites, Um, them going back to Wakanda at the end was dope, like, Eric's whole shit, like, (laughs) it was just dope watching the story play out and realizing, like, damn, he been setting this shit up from the very beginning, found Tony Stark, saved him on purpose, got Chummy with him, you know what I'm saying, accepted the position, Got the man to build him a robot that was powered by vibranium based on his designs that he came up with when he was in college and school and shit. Because you know, Killmonger's quite a genius himself and infiltrated the Wakandan borders with that shit. Backdoored the whole situation so that he could take um, control over this shit. But then let the Wakandans kill destroy all the robots so that they could feel like oh we could trust this nigga then he got up in their heads and shit became the new black panther shit with with the gold on i really like the the killmonger black panther outfit like the whole costume you know what it just gave me gave me a halloween costume idea but <laughs> moving past that favorite episode i like the uh genius behind it the plot line behind it I like that kind of television. That smart, like, oh, I'm setting something up now for future events. I like that whole plot line. I love TV shows and movies like that. Moving on to seven, episode seven. What if Thor was the only son? Now, this one was a little bit left of the situation. Kind of like... not the zombie episode, but kind of like Peter Quill's episode, or the Black Star Lore episode, or whatever, with T'Challa shit, because it played directly into Thor's um, overall storyline, but there was a difference, There's no Loki there, so with no Loki, because, if you know anything about Thor, then you know. Loki is not really Thor's biological brother, he's not, technically, well, he's an Asgardian, but from a different tribe on that realm in that you know planetary system. So the what if portion was basically like, okay, well, what if instead of Odin taking him in as a kid and trying to raise him as his own, he gave a nigga back <laughs> to his shout out to Summer Walker giving a nigga back. <laughs> he gave a nigga back to um the people that was supposed to have him, which is that other alien race those big tall blue I don't even really know what the fuck their names are I might have to rewatch the whole Thor shit anyway because I believe I skipped or missed like one or two of the movies out of the three or is it two either way I'm rewatching Thor at some point because when Love and Thunder come out I need to be making sure I understand what the fuck was going on with Ragnarok and everything even though those stories are set within earlier phases of the mcu i still just want to watch them to be you know informed but what if loki was giving back to his original people the people that he was supposed to be with and thor didn't have you know the annoying like mischievous brother keeping him on the straight and narrow so thor ends up becoming like a mix of loki and himself like He's still very much like I am Thor and I'm going to be the king of Asgard one day and I'm going to uphold honor or whatever. But I also like to party (laughs) and I want to um, go to other planets and freak them out because they've never seen aliens before and just (laughs) have a good time. Like or they should have because that's the thing that's like trippy about the Marvel like cinematic universe or whatever, like everyday people. Like myself on like earth or whatever like we're not privy to alien life but then you have the avengers and shield or whatever they know all about this shit but then when you go further into space mostly all of the alien life or what we consider aliens they know about each other like the asgardians they know about whoever the fuck living on mars or whatever other planets out there and shit like they know about each other they respect each other's boundaries and planets and shit. It's just Earth that's, like, dumb. <laughs> Only a few humans on Earth know about the existence of aliens in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. While the rest of us are like, what these shit that keep popping up in the sky destroying New York? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's weird. But uh, this episode was also funny. <laughs> it was just dope seeing, you know, Thor. Because Thor is already goofy. he was already a goofy character because he kind of dumb like he's not the brightest crayon in the crayon box like he's kind of dumb so adding on this this element of fun and party and i'm invincible but just don't know that there's other people out there that's stronger than me it was uh fun watching it and him being scared of his mom and shit and (laughs) trying to do stuff that heimdall couldn't see even though the nigga can see literally everything across the galaxy Like it's, it was fun it's a fun episode to watch it didn't really tie very very much into um anything else that's why i would say it was like an offshoot but what i was um found like most fascinating about it is captain marvel showed up and apparently based on the way they was talking captain marvel is stronger than thor like she could be she could beat thor she was beating his ass but she was holding him back so she didn't like blow up the planet and shit which i thought was dope i never really was a big captain marvel fan um i have to go back and rewatch the movie because i saw some of it but then i also did not Like, it was weird. Like, I was remembered. I didn't go to the theaters to see it, but I started watching it on TV. And then I was like, oh, shit, this is kind of dope. But then I fell asleep. I I missed a bunch of the movie. But it made me appreciate Captain Marvel more as the interstellar, like, guardian of whatever the fuck she's supposed to be guarding. She liked the interstellar police, like whenever trouble is happening on your planet from you know aliens or whatever, you're supposed to call Captain Marvel. She's going to show up as fast as she can and use her incredible power to rid your planet of whatever shit is not supposed to be there. That's her job. She's supposed to fly around the universe protecting the universe from things or itself that are not supposed to be taking place. Her showing up displaying her power and shit like i was like, okay shit like, it made me want to go back and watch the movie from the start and see what i didn't see so that's what i'm gonna do dope episode like i said thor being afraid of his mom is some funny shit <laughs> because like nigga you're grown <laughs> i don't know in asgardian years if thor is still considered to be like a teenager or something but i don't know i'm just like he grown and shit like i'm I don't know why you're scared of your mom like that, but it is what it is. Um, episode 8 was this What If Ultron Won. This one, this is where shit got. Litty. Fire episode. Like, I think this was probably my favorite What If scenario because in this particular um, episode, instead of them defeating Ultron, Ultron defeated them. He actually... Was able to transplant himself into vision, which is the intended body. Like he was ultimately supposed to go into vision. Like Ultron's body was not it. He was supposed to take over Vision's body. That's what Tony built it for. But after he realized what Ultron was up to, he just stuck Jarvis in there and told him, You're going to be the person that mans this vibranium built indestructible like super thing and they put the mind stone in them and it just gave vision and um jarvis this whole new life and he became vision so in this particular when y'all seen it ultron took vision's body he collected all of the fucking um all of the stones, the infinity stones took them bitches from Thanos, which was funny because you would expect, right? That that is how the shit would have went down. Thanos pulled up talking shit. Oh yeah. I'm here Da da the vision. Look at him like bitch and just cut him in half with that little laser beam out his forehead out of the soul stone or the mind stone and take the stones. And that's what happened Took the stones. He became this super empowered, like, ultron and was able to um see farther into the like multiverse or whatever to the point where he was actually speaking directly to the watcher like nigga i see you and you're powerful as fuck i have to take you out if i want to continue to be the most powerful thing in the universe because i need your power or at least you did, so that nobody can say that he can beat me. <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, this shit is dope." We got to see um this scenario like kick off an actual like two part episode, kinda, because the watcher was on his like the watcher was fucked up behind this. Like, it's like this nigga can see me me breaking in between the universe, the walls of the multiverses and shit coming into my realm, like, attacking me and shit, like, the Watcher was out of there, Ultron was on his ass, and we ended up picking up the rest of the story in episode 9, which is, what if the Watcher broke his oath, and you know, his oath was that he would never come into contact with, you know, humans, or not humans, but the people that he was watching in these different multiverses and universes and shit. This probably was the best episode of the series, obviously. It's the finale. Episode 9 was the last one, but I particularly deem it the best because the Watcher literally ran back to episode 1 and took the main players from each episode prior so that he could build up what he referred to as guardians of the multiverse which i wonder if they're gonna turn that into something i hope that they do because that shit was fire he took captain carter from episode one um he took what was episode two? Oh yeah black star lord he took <laughs> he took black star lord from episode two um i believe i forgot who he got from episode 3, which was when all of the heroes died I don't know if he actually pulled anybody from there Um, but episode 4, he went and got this super you know Sorcerer Supreme Doctor Strange out of his little bubble universe from the zombie episode Um, he ended up grabbing was it Wanda? was it Wanda the zombie Wanda? he took a few people from there actually Uh, he got Killmonger from episode 6 after he already assumed his role as the Black Panther and King of Wakanda he took that nigga Um, he got Thor (laughs) from episode 7 and he put them all together so that they could fight as like I said the guardians of the multiverse and that shit was popping off they had like some really dope probably the best fight scenes in the entire series I love when Marvel comes out and really puts in the time to animate great fighting scenes because that shit is what's going to keep you tuned in they did that shit Um, apparently the, the watcher knew this shit was about to happen and it was all some big plan to basically you know set the uh, multiverse in a new direction following the events of loki and um you know ultron (laughs) winning (laughs) and becoming strong enough and powerful enough to challenge the fucking watcher obviously um killmonger was probably the only villain a part of the guardians of the multiverse so he had his own agenda once again but I understood that shit like he was like nigga we have all of the infinity stones right here I'm just gonna (laughs) I'm just gonna reset our universes back to the way that we had them back to how they should be and we're gonna go home (laughs) and uh, Watcher was like yeah can't do that so he had him and whatever remnants of ultron was left that was still trying to cling on to power had them fighting for the infinity stones he trapped them in their own little pocket dimension same way doctor strange was trapped in his own little pocket dimension and them niggas just suspended there <laughs> fighting over <laughs> fighting over these two or these the last couple of uh infinity stones i doubt either one of them will get it they look evenly matched to me (laughs) but i don't know i just thought it was dope how the whole series like kind of tied together at the end and how this was all ultimately a part of the watchers like plan and goal to continue to protect the multiverse because that's what he's there for but in conclusion right because episode nine was it (laughs) I thought the series was brilliant. Um, I really, really hope they find a way to do a season two. I'm expecting that they will, given what's about to happen with this phase of the cinematic universe being specifically, or not specifically, but being directly tied to, or not directly tied to, but a large part of what's going to happen in the MCU is dealing with on the multiverse. And I keep changing from specifically to directly to large part because these MCU movies that have already kicked things off, um, Shang-Chi, and what else has been out? We have the Eternals coming up and stuff like that. Like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is on on the block soon. Like, they've already kicked off the new phase of the MCU And they haven't really discussed much of the multiverse. So that's why I'm changing it like that. But brilliant series. I love how all of the stories ultimately tie together. Like I like the series that the series was actually more about the watcher than anything else. Like, yes, we got to see all of these different what if scenarios from our favorite um, like MCU and, and Marvel heroes and stuff like that and villains because shout out to killmonger but ultimately this shit was about him protecting the multiverse and letting that particular storyline those particular universes collide in that way so that he could do his job i just thought that was brilliant how they piece it together it was very very crash If you know if you ever seen the movie crash check it out if you haven't i should say like it was one of those where all these individual storylines, the more the show or the movie kept progressing, they ended up tying together like seamlessly at the end. Really, really dope. They did that here with What If, and I really, really appreciate that. Only thing outside of a season two that I'm interested in is what is going to happen to Killmonger's universe now that he's trapped in this pocket dimension um, fighting you know, for control of the fucking Infinity Stones, because at the end of episode nine, the Watchers sent everybody back where they came from at the exact time that they were taken. But of course, Killmonger is trapped, right? I'm assuming that Killmonger was planning on world, you know, global domination. That's that's what I can assume based on, you know, him becoming Black Panther and the king of the richest, most technologically advanced nation on the whole planet. Shout out to Wakanda. Wakanda forever. Um, but after they took him, like, what, what's going to happen? Like, are they going to find a new Black Panther? Are we going to see some of what ends up happening in Black Panther 2? Like, are they going to find a way to bridge the storyline from Killmonger's what if episode into Black Panther 2 and like kind of help us build a storyline from there. Because if we're dealing with the multiverse, right? Killmonger is the person that kills T'Challa, Black Panther, in his universe. If the multiverse ends up colliding in some, if they write this good enough, that could be um they're out for what's going on because you know Chadwick passed away before he was able to even film a scene for Black Panther 2 but given that Killmonger just killed T'Challa and Black Panther in his episode of What If I don't know I'm seeing that there could be a possible way to bridge those storylines so that them moving forward with Wakanda and the Black Panther franchise specifically as it ties to MCU. Like they can use that in some way. That's just how I'm picking it. Up. I'm just trying to wonder. Cause he was the only one that didn't go get to go back home to his time period. Like they was already like planning like, um, Shuri, And some of the other Wakandas, they had already already planned a coup and was like, we're going to take this nigga down and reclaim Wakanda and stop him. And I feel like they would have been successful. But now that he is trapped in this little pocket dimension, forever fighting over these fucking Infinity Stones, like, I don't know. How is that going to shape out for the movie? Are they going to blend those storylines together and figure out a way to send... T'Challa off into the astral plane, you know what I'm saying? With respect, are they gonna find another way to write him out of the story given that Chadwick has passed or whatever? We already know they're not recasting Black Panther just yet, so we're gonna have Black Panther 2 not even have um, a T'Challa or a, a male taking on a mantle as Black Panther. To my knowledge, anyway, we'll see what happens. I just thought that was interesting. Now I'm rambling. (laughs) But, yeah, What If series, dope as fuck. Hope of season two is on the horizon. If they decide to do that, I'm interested in seeing what characters they hit with the What If scenarios next. Um, But that shit was fire. If you haven't watched it and you still sat through this long ass review of the entire season go back and watch it i definitely did not put too much of the stories in here just because y'all should have seen it but if you didn't you know it's not too many spoilers that i just dropped check it out though my shit is fire um and i'll catch y'all on the next uh episode of the talk and play blur cast i'm gonna punch out here because I don't want to keep y'all for any more than I already have y'all. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Remember, if you want to hit me up, it's at B-R-I-A-N, Saf, S-A-P-P-H, on Instagram, Twitter. I stream on Twitch, got underscore Saf. If you want to find me over there and watch me play some video games. Uh, other than that, I'll holla at y'all on the next one.